You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. It is Friday, and that means... That means it's Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about, so you can call and change the subject if we're on another topic. You can continue the topic. Maybe you've got a question about the Bible, or maybe you want to talk about an issue of the day. There's plenty to talk about today, of course, and uh, maybe you've got something else that you want to bring up. Well, today is your day to do that. The number is 888 528 2557. That's the number. There have been uh, a lot of crazy stuff happening this week, obviously. And, uh, you know, crazy is just not really the word, but I, it, it, maybe it fits, you know, for you. It's just, uh, we live in a, a spicy time, a friend of mine likes to say. And, uh, we're seeing a lot. One time years ago, uh, I was in college and I went to this, uh, college group retreat and, Part of what we did at this retreat is a Christian organization in college, and it's on Catalina Island where we go to this camp, and and I got to tell you, I had a great time at that camp, and also I went a few times, and also I got the sickest I've ever been at that camp a couple, you know, a couple of times. I don't know what that is, but anyway, uh, one of the things that we would do is we would plan out what the themes were going to be for the college outreach for new students the next year, and you know, kind of what we're about. We do a lot of Bible study, a lot of hanging out, leadership training, that kind of thing, and there was always this notion of you got to have a theme. I don't know if people do that anymore. I think they probably do. That my kids grade schools are doing that. There's a theme verse for the year and there is some kind of, you know, t-shirt or hat or slogan that goes along with it. So we were in the room and we were coming up with these themes for the year. What would the theme be? And there is a, a passage in Zechariah that is describing what happens whenever Jesus comes back. And, you know, it's a, it's a violent passage. It really is. Uh, but uh, this is this is what happens, right? Now, I used to, you know how some people, you'll put a little scripture verse on the bottom of your Christmas card, or maybe you write somebody a note or a thank you note, and you put a little scripture reference down there. It might be John 3.16 or Romans 10 or something that's, you know, you really want people to read or your favorite, you know, psalm, you know, uh, those kinds of things. Well, I used to put down Bible verses that were obscure or weird or just, you know, shocking in one way or another, just because I wanted to see if people really looked those up. I don't necessarily recommend this to people you don't know really well. But one of the verses I used to put down, and I don't do this anymore because people don't have a sense of humor. This was like early 90s. People still laughed at stuff and people could get it. Um, This is uh, what I put down here. Uh, I would put Zechariah 14, uh, 12, and this is what it said. It says, uh, this is the plague with which the Lord will strike all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot in their, while they are still standing on their feet, and their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. That's the verse. And you know, so it's a Christmas card or a thank you note for me, and you go, oh, Zechariah 14, uh, 12. You know, Scott sent me a Bible verse. I wonder what it said. And I always knew if somebody actually took the time to look it up because they would call me and go, what is this? Why are you writing this? And that was just uh, my warped sense of humor. So I'm at this retreat, and I thought this would be a great theme verse for uh, college campuses, for our college campus, right? 
and uh, their flesh will rot. Those who stood up against Jerusalem, their flesh will rot while they are still standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouth. And I said, the theme can be rot or not, and that will be the uh, the choice we give people. Uh the scary part is I was only kidding. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good use of that passage. Uh, but, man, people jumped on it. They're like, you know what? Uh, let's do that, rot or not. I think, I, I'm not sure that's the, the message here. I mean, that, people should know that. I'm not saying that. But, you know, you, you, grace is something that you want to introduce, okay? Uh, what comes through Christ, the fact that uh, the scary stuff that's in the Bible that happens to you doesn't happen to you if uh, you know Jesus. But, you know, as we, we just kind of look at what's happening, you know, I want to draw your attention to that and what's happening in Israel. Um, not because I think that Jesus is coming back tomorrow or that people's, uh, you know, that this is going to happen, but I'll, I'll read that to you, that whole text a little bit. Um, and it could be happening tomorrow. I just want to be careful not to connect the dots, okay? I think there's a lot of processes and other things that are probably going on before that, but you never know. Maybe those things have been done, and I don't get it. That's that's very possible. And, you know, but I, I think that there is an apologetic for when things are on fire in Israel, when Israel is being attacked, that we haven't really seen for a while. Uh, Zechariah 14, it says, a day of the Lord is coming, Jerusalem, when your possessions will be plundered and divided up within your very walls. It says, I will gather all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. The city will be captured, the houses ransacked, and the women raped. Half of the city will go into exile, but the rest of the people will not be taken from the city. And this sets up the, the second coming of Christ. If you're not really aware kind of how the Bible works, there's, there's actually more, at least more words, I think, dedicated to the second coming of Jesus in the Old Testament than the first. Now, you've got to know the first. The first is important. But the Bible does not leave God's people without an explanation of when eventually justice occurs, when eventually God fulfills all of his promises. And that is including Israel, it's including the church, it's including every person who would put their faith in Christ, or there's promises uh, if you don't. And that is your choice to make. And some people frown about that stuff in the Bible, but when you when you see what's happening in the news right now, and then you go read passages like that, you go, huh, you know, we may not be seeing the specific meaning in time and space of Zechariah 14, 2 and 3, or 2, but what we are seeing is exactly what's happening in 2023. You know, this is a good, what, 3,000 years later or so since uh, 2,500 years since uh, this was written down, and things don't change. And I read that to you not to disturb you, but to say God's Word is true. It describes the world the way it is. It describes what has happened, what is going to happen, why things happen. It's all there, and it is in uh, some gory detail sometimes. And uh, that's, you know, I think that some people are surprised by that whenever they read the Bible, but don't be. The Bible is meant to say, hey, this is for real. This is not about flowery life. This is not about, hey, you know, we're just going to have some kind of spiritual idea to uh, make you feel good about yourself. It's about God's plan for the world. It's about history, where it's been, where it's going. And everything that you see about Israel is part of the plan. We should not be surprised that nations gather. We should not be surprised that today is a day of rage. 
uh, whatever that is. I don't think there's been a, a lot of rage, and that's good, but I can tell you that people I know who are teachers, people I know who are uh, working in uh, Jewish companies or restaurants or in synagogues, of course, or Jewish-owned places are on alert. Um, my wife works at a school. She was a Christian school. They're on alert. I know that schools are on alert. I heard that some places uh, decided to close down today. I don't, I don't know if that actually occurred. Um, and there are protests going on that are – some are pro-Israel. Some are very anti-Israel. It's um, quite surprising um, what we are seeing out there um, in a way. I don't think it's uh, – what I should say is I'm not surprised. I don't think you should be surprised, but I can understand why a lot of people would be surprised. It doesn't – it shouldn't surprise us as believers that uh, people are going to come up against Israel. That doesn't mean that everything it does is going to be good. There is going to be terrible days in uh, the next few days, I think, as far as the, Israel's response to all of this. Uh, and it's something I think that a lot of people just don't understand. But when you see all of that, make sure you can take a step back and ask yourself, am I looking at the truth of Scripture in some way? And the answer to that question is yes. This is the Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Phone Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. BJ, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I dropped your package off last week. Did you get a chance to see the United Ranges of America's package? I did. I saw that package. Do you want that back, or do you want me to keep that? No, that... You're my number one draft pick. You know that. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. I'm still waiting. You have uh, you you always talk about my uh, supposed Wikipedia page. Is that right? Yeah, but it, it, it's the same. The same. You look like one of the Baldwin brothers now, though. That's what you <laughs> say. I still would like you to send me the link that you're looking at because yeah. I don't. I can't yeah. find it. Hey, how'd you like the picture with me and Robert Kennedy? Did you get that? I did. I got that picture. Is that the one where you're wearing the Superman outfit? Yeah. 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 See, we could we could team we could team up because I'm wearing a Batman outfit right now. (laughs) All right, so BJ, why why did you call? What's on your mind? I was just saying, very sad about what's going on in Israel and the the atmosphere that that um is going on in the college campuses uh, and the the anti-American spirit that's going on here in this country right now. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it is revealing. I mean, I, I think that one way to look at things right now also is to step back and say, you know, this didn't just happen all of a sudden overnight. This is a place we've been. I'm going to play some clips of um, our, some statements from people in our government. And I think, it's, I think it's interesting that, you know, you're going to find Democrats and Republicans, for the most part, liberals and conservatives on the same page. You know, what you're seeing in the college campuses and stuff are leftists, whole different thing. And some of it is because of a misunderstanding of what is true about Israel. Some of what people are being taught about Israel is just completely untrue about Israel's history, about who's been on the land there and all those those kinds of things. I mean, I've heard things that are just made up. There are some things that are are true, but you, you know, are sort of true or half truths, not the whole story. And, And I would tell you, anybody listening to this, you've got to do a couple of things. You've got to go and read the, you know, Hamas charter. You can just Google it and read it. You know, the 
Hamas group doesn't want peace. They don't want a two-state solution. They don't want um, – they don't even want to live, actually. Part, their, their charter – this is what they say. This isn't what I'm saying about them. This isn't my speculation. This is what they say in their charter. They exist to kill Jewish people anywhere on the earth and to destroy Israel. And they explicitly are opposed to peace. They're opposed to a two-state solution. They're opposed to other Islamic groups that participate in peace talks. They write that down. They accuse them by name, the PLO, and they uh, accuse other Muslim groups uh, of abandoning the faith and their interpretation, and that's all in there. They, uh, they're also against the uh, Lions Club and the Rotary Clubs and things, which I think is really funny that they put that stuff in there. But, you know, BJ, it's very sad. We need to pray because uh, I think what's coming here, even at minimum, is going to be pretty brutal uh, for lots of people in Israel and in the Gaza Strip and maybe elsewhere in the next few days. It's just all of it is sad. All of it is bad. All of it's unnecessary. If you wanted peace, if, if Hamas wanted peace, really, they could have it right now. Or they could have had it, you know, before last night. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. They seem to to, to live a, a miserable life, and, and they put this out. But my the thing that hurts is to see that that our kids in our country have embraced this. Um, where is the joy at? What what what, they, what makes them happy? Well, and I think that we are in a a secular age, and if you decide that there's no God then the problem is, is you've got to come up with some other place to anchor your morality or your thinking. And uh, that is a disaster historically. Um, and people who are rooted in, in some Marxist thinking, you have to undo the family, you have to undo uh, anything that would um, be what we would consider regular life throughout all the rest of human history. And if you do that, the problem is is that no one has successfully said, hey, here's what would work. And instead, it it eventually turns into violence. That's why your Marxist movements don't work anywhere. China, Russia, United States, small places, big places. You can go out to uh, the desert up here and there's all these ruins. Looks like a you know old ruins of an old town. What it was, it was a Marxist colony that they tried to set up, and they couldn't even do it with 100 people. They couldn't even do it without hating each other eventually. Uh, and so that's what happens, and that's what we're watching. Scott, I bet they don't even know 10 people like you, because I listen to you every day, whether I'm on the program or not. It's because of your attitude, and that's why I listen to you, because I know I'm going to laugh when I turn you on. Somewhere that th- the day, you're going to say something that's going to make me just have joy. Well, I, I hope I, so. I can't pro- I just want to thank you, and God bless this program, and thank you for having me on it. All right. Thank you, BJ. This is the Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Phone Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I want you to listen to this. This is Senator Cory Booker, okay, Democrat senator, New Jersey. He's been there for a while. He ran for president uh, a little while ago. And this is what he was saying. He was actually in Israel. He was part of a, a mission of people that was trying to work on peace and, uh, and agreements between Israel and Saudi Arabia. You know, some of the 22 Arab countries have come to agreements with Israel, who have come to the 
uh, place of peace that, you know, most people who are living – in fact, I read a statistic. This is Arabs who actually live in the state of Israel. Um, 86% of them, if there were ever a, quote, Palestinian state, said they would not move out of Israel. And they all agreed they have more rights in Israel than they would in their own states. I mean, that's – and if that blows your mind, it might. It might completely blow your mind because you've heard the opposite. Uh, you have to take a look at what's really happening, you know, that that people in Israel who are Arabs have rights to vote. They have the right to serve in the Knesset, in the government, that it's just there are so many things that are said that are completely made up. Um, and that's one of the reasons that you see a lot of these protests. Anyway, this is Cory Booker. This is a little bit lengthy, but I want to get to it because I think – particularly because he's not coming at this from a conservative standpoint or from a Republican standpoint. And he is saying stuff, though, that probably most conservatives and Republicans and, in fact, most Democrats and liberals, um, even around the world, agree with. Palestinian leaders for the first time were having conversations. In fact, Saudis for the first time came since 67 came uh, to the West Bank to meet with Palestinian leaders on a pathway to peace. They were on a pathway to peace. He was working on that. Our government, and uh, for a while, has been working. There were there were great strides made in the Trump administration. This is the best thing happening with respect to this during the Biden administration, and he's been a part of it. And so here you have this terrorist organization. He calls them a terrorist organization, Hamas. Don't miss that. He doesn't call them militants. He doesn't try to downplay it. This is Democratic Senator Cory Booker. Who's very charter doesn't say for the destruction of Israel. The very charter is Hitler-esque. They want to destroy Jews, launching missiles. And so for me, before this, I got there early because it's a very important holiday for me personally. It's been about 30 years uh, since, as a Christian, I've been studying Torah and uh, really uh, uh, engaging in, in, in a faith that means so much to me. I danced with the Torah the night before these attacks, sat and had Shabbat dinner with friends, Two of them who've lost family members. One family members were, were slaughtered in a kibbutz. The other was had a nephew who was called up to defend folks and was killed in defending lives, innocent lives. This is a ISIS-like terrorist organization who targeted civilians in the most heinous, staggering of ways. And what's more tragic for the Palestinians, who Hamas has murdered, kidnapped Palestinians... Hamas has brutalized its own people. Did you hear that? Because that is something that happens. Hamas made a statement about how they don't like Israelis because they like to live life, but we are about death because it's a jihadist organization. That's what their charter says. And what is interesting about their pattern right now, known throughout everybody I talked about, talked with uh, in the Middle East, from journalists to business people to members of government, they all know Hamas's mission is to stop peace. And at the very moment that a pathway to peace opened up, that you heard from the Saudis, uh, from the Emiratis, uh, from uh, folks in Bahrain who understood that we had an opportunity here for a re-upping of the two-state solution, Hamas, terrorists, ISIS-like, Hitler-like folks who hate Jews and want to kill them, and they do because they wrote that down. That's not his opinion. That's what they say about themselves. Opened up one of the worst terrorist attacks over the last 50 years. He's, he's exactly correct. And I guess something that when we see these protests going on and these, these pro-Hamas rallies and all this stuff about decolonialism and stuff, it's so misinformed and so misunderstanding. And it's coming out of what 
used to be our great universities and not great now. Uh, lots of uh, donors and people are saying, don't give money. Like, what are they teaching over there? Well, this is not, this shouldn't be news to you because it's been crazy for a while. Uh, you know, the, uh, what's been going on. But you should understand that right now, I think there's going to be tremendous political pressure over the next few weeks because of uh, the, the war that's going to happen and there's going to be mass killing. It's just going to be terrible. But we cannot miss that Hamas right now is doing what Hamas does. And not only did they engage in a suicidal mission for themselves, but they are including their own people, the Palestinian people, whether they're on board or not, with it. They know this. They know Israel's going to respond heavily. They believe that whatever Israel's response is going to do is going to help them in the PR department. Even if they're dead, it will, it will help whoever survives the onslaught. And that's very sick. But And that's who they say they are. That's, I think, if I can't emphasize something more, it's this is who Hamas says they are. Right? This is not just a right versus left opinion or something like that. And the unity that you have right now among world leaders, among people left uh, – I shouldn't say left or right. I should say Democrats and Republicans. The – the things that are being said by the Biden administration, the things that they echo from the Trump administration are incredible statements of unity on this subject right now. And I think that is good. I'm curious to, you know, how long that's going to stay because I think it breaks down. Biblically, I would tell you that eventually it all breaks down. Eventually everybody comes against Israel and uh, the scriptures seem to be clear about that. I got to take a break. It is Open Line Friday. I'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about. I see your calls of Vicki and Victor and others, and I'll get to your calls. The number is 888-528-2557, I'll take your calls as soon as the Pastor Scott Show continues. You can follow me at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a follow right now. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back on the Friday edition. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at Pastor Scott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Let me go to the phones. Vicki, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott, for having me. You're welcome, Vicki. On the line. Um, I, I, uh, my heart is so full um, of what's going on uh, today and what's been happening. Um, I was just calling to... Um, I was listening to you a little bit earlier, and you were talking about what you um, read, um, what happened in, um, I guess you were at camp, and you had read something that was biblical. For, yeah, and, Zechariah um, 14, a, a passage about yes. uh, second coming and what happens yes. to the countries that come up against Israel. Absolutely, and I'm so in agreement with that. I still believe that this is very biblical. I believe Satan's hand is all over this one, but I agree. I'm in agreement with that. I have someone that I sponsor in Israel, and um, they're getting like beat up. These are uh, Chris, one's a Christian uh, uh, Messianic Jew, 
And the other one is a Jew. He's a Jewish uh, man, and they went over there and they are ministering. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was speaking with my sister, and I said to her, "How are we as Christians over here? How how do we minister?" So I wanted to ask you, do you did you have any advice, anything for that? Because I used to be a short term, and I I believe to to still be a short term mission, do, do mission. So I've been all over. Um, different countries ministering to people, and also in the United States, how, I don't know how to minister today to people uh, uh, now, on uh, especially Jewish people. What do you say uh, to, to, to Jewish people to, here, or to Jewish people over there? To Jewish people here today, yeah. in light of what's going on yeah. on today. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You know what you do. And I have for, I have lots of Jewish people, yeah. of Jewish friends, who, and I even work at a school that's predominantly Jewish, and they kind of shut things down today. We mm. couldn't go outside or anything because there's uh, the Shabbat today. So they kind of shut things down. I'm in LAUSD, and they shut things down. And, and I love, I mean, I love my work that I do. I love the school that I go to. And it's it's scary for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I, I do know what's going on. On, sure. You know, biblically. You know what I would what do? do I say to those here's what I would do is uh, you need to come alongside them as a friend. Right. And just okay. like you would anybody else. Uh, people right. listening might have uh, people who they know who live in the uh, Palestinian area in the Gaza Strip, right? You come alongside yeah. them as a friend. This is very frightening. This could blow mm-hmm. up into something much bigger. It's very deep. Mm-hmm. You know, the number of people who were killed in this attack last weekend in Israel. Uh, 1,300, mm-hmm. I think, is where it is. If you multiply that out based on population and compare it to, say, 9-11, well, we're right. talking about, uh, if you did the, the ratio, it's 30,000 people or something. Like, imagine 30,000 wow. people. If 30,000 people in the United States were killed in a terrorist attack, then the odds are that almost every person in the United States would know one of those people personally. And that's what is going on in Israel right now, is that these are friends, these are acquaintances, these are loved ones, they are friends of friends, if you happen to not know somebody. So I would say, you come alongside and you love them, Mm -hmm. you know, you have, you have the scriptures if they want to know, you know, if they're interested. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what Mm -hmm. the Old Testament says is going to happen eventually to, and, you know, who is that Messiah might be the eventual question. But in the, the meantime, you just come alongside people and you care for them. That's the right. I mean, some of the friends, right. And some of the friends that I do know, I just sent out texts or if I actually saw them, I just told them that I, I, I'm sorry about what's going on. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for anybody that you may have in, in Israel. Yeah. And, you know, and they thanked me, but I, I, I didn't, there's not, there wasn't anything else I could do, yeah, what you I did is is, is one of the first great things to do. One of the things that is, and this is with any issue. And Vicky, I appreciate it. I need to go on to other calls. Okay, uh, thank okay, you for thank calling. You. But one of the with any tragedy, with anything that's going on, the first thing to do is just be there. Just show up. Uh, Lloyd Austin, who is the Secretary of Defense, he said that in a, in a statement where he's over there in Israel right now. And in times like these, sometimes the best that a a f- the best thing that a friend can do is just to show up. There you go. See, that's even what, uh, in fact, that he's there means a lot. I don't know if the United States is going to do a whole lot. Uh, we might. But just being there and people saying that we support you, that's true in our own personal lives when everybody, anybody goes through a 
you know, something. And I learned that as a pastor that was hard to learn. You know, I had to sit with people who went through the most unspeakable losses. And it took me a long time to learn that I don't need to have the right words, that what's important is that I show up and just be with people. And that is the first step. And then the other things about sharing Christ and stuff and the grace of God, you you pray uh, for that opportunity. You pray for that and uh, see what happens. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show open line Friday. Victor in Koreatown, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott, how are you today? Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Victor. Hey, um, I haven't been following the news, but did they catch the guy that shot that deputy in Palmdale? Yes, yes, they did. They did? Yeah, okay. they caught so him. What I want to say was this. Yeah, uh, what's that? Okay, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. Okay, well, what I want to say was, okay, I haven't been paying attention to the news, but uh, when it first happened, I thought to myself, everybody's saying he's such a good guy, he's never done anybody wrong, right? But what if, by chance, he did the wrong person wrong, and it was actually, like, a calculated murder? It wasn't just random. Yeah, those things happen, and I know a lot of police officers who worry about that. I used to live across the street from a police officer who worked with some pretty rough people, and he built the walls up around his house so high. Uh, and he would come to our house and say, hey, uh, somebody I arrested, uh, you know, 15 years ago for murdering somebody's getting out of prison today and he's going to come kill me. Oh, well, thanks for letting us know. Right. There's there is a worry about that. But that's not what happened in this case. In this case, uh, there's a person who he's got severe mental illness and uh, I'm forgetting some of the details there, but they did arrest him. He is the one who did it. Uh, there's a controversy about um, they're not going to seek the death penalty. Uh, I think because of that, but he will probably get life in prison. Um, right, so but, they it would be under reasonable doubt, you think? I think so, because I think he's also admitted it. I, I think that there's uh, they they definitely feel like they have the right person. But how many people have confessed to crime just because the detectives are bullying them, right? Well, I mean, that happens for sure, but I don't think that's the case in this in this particular right. case. I think they have, yeah, okay, uh, well, they're very sure. Okay, well, very good. I just wanted to say right. that because, you know, I've yeah. dealt with cops— with good cops, I dealt with bad cops, and some of the bad cops they make you bite your, you know, your lip, right? Yeah. And uh, like they, like you roll your eyes when they say things because you figure they're not honest, well, right? There's things, but in this honest, case, right? they definitely have the right person, and I don't, I don't think there is a a mistake in that. Thank you for calling, Pastor Scott Show. Let's go to uh, Stephen in Santa Clarita. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott, I really like your show. I. Uh, you're really uh, great, really sharp. I, I, I really love listening to uh, the, the, the discussions you have. Uh, and I don't mean to throw a, a wrench into the what's going on between the, the Hamas and Israel, because you know, I know that uh, Israel is the chosen people, and, uh, and I'm all for uh, defending them and all that. But I wanted to ask you about, there's a scripture in the Bible, in the, one of the Gospels. It's only in one of the Gospels, and it's during the time Jesus was crucified when the people were... And the and the elders and the Pharisees and all of them were were uh, yelling out. I think the entire I don't have the scripture in front of me, but they said, "Crucify him and let his blood be upon us and our children." And and I wanted to find out from you, uh, who did that? That seems like an extremely important statement to me. If they are accepting responsibility and consequences for the death of God's son who was innocent and and the ramifications that would cause uh, later you know through the years i know that uh, you know jewish people have had a lot of persecution through the years and, but you know i i I'm, i don't persecute yeah. jews i got the jewish friends and all that but i wanted to get your take on what 
possible? Because that seems like an extremely important statement to make. Well, you here's, know? The, here's uh, the context of that statement. Here's the context of it, okay? And this is, this is important. They were chanting, crucify him, and uh, this is in a conversation that Pilate had. So it says right before that, it's in Matthew 27, it says, when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, because Pilate was arguing, this is an innocent man, why do you want me to put him to death? You know, right, Pilate, right. all the courts found him innocent, right? Even Pilate. Yes. Uh, yes. Instead of, he said, but that instead of an, uh, when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and he washed his hands in front of the crowd. This is Pilate saying, I'm innocent. The next thing he says, I'm innocent of this man's blood. He said, it is your responsibility. And the, the next verse is the one you're thinking of. It says, and all the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. So then he released Barabbas to them, which is what they asked in that story. So all they're saying there is, we understand that you find him innocent. We, we will not hold you a responsible pilot for, a, uh, for executing an innocent man. May his blood be on us. I don't know that uh, it's more than that, is what I would say, because the scriptures talk about how, and, and Israelis, or not Israelis, but Hebrews back then, Jews, were attacked uh, already. You know, all through history, empires, you know, it's nothing new. Yes, so I don't know that right. that particular right. thing brought down any uh, extra on them. And the thing is, is that is important, and we started off with this, is that, um, you know, Jesus comes back and eventually they turn back to him. And he comes back and he steps on the Mount of Olives is where he lands, goes into Jerusalem and uh, defeats all the enemies, and he's the king. And everybody comes to him. So I wouldn't look more into it than the context of it, you know, for for right now. Right. Stephen, thank you for calling. I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, uh, it's a huge story, you know, the second coming Christ. This is the story of Jesus. And uh, I'm going to take a break in a minute. But before I do, you know, I want to let you know something. Christmas is coming. This is going to be a, a different Christmas maybe than uh, for a lot of people. And, you know, when we have Christmas and we have all the stuff, it's about Jesus, and it's it's about the Savior of the world coming. It's about why Jesus came the first time. It is about, you know, everything that's a part of that story, and that's a big reason why we celebrate Christmas. I went over to a place called Aldic Home. It's in Van Nuys, and they have a showroom, and something that they do every year is they have this incredible display of Christmas decorations. It's probably the most incredible display of Christmas decorations you'll ever see. I brought my family. We hung out at it. There's something like 60 or 70 Christmas trees. And I spoke with somebody who worked there, and he said that they have people who come from all over the world to decorate those trees, people from different countries, people from uh, just different uh, places, and they decorate them in all sorts of different ways. I want to invite you to go over there and check it out. For over 70 years, Aldic Home has always been unique. And uh, their decorations are unique. Some of them are made exclusively for them. And, you know, if you want some Christmas decorating ideas, this is a great place to go. And there's no place like Aldic Home for the holidays. That's what they like to say. You can save 20% off of ornaments, ribbons, decor, and more. It's Aldic Home. It's in Van Nuys on Sepulveda Boulevard in Satakoy. Visit aldichome.com. That's aldichome.com. And when you do, when you go in there, tell them that uh, Scott Furrow from the Pastor Scott Show sent you. Go in there and check it out. I think you'll be inspired and uh, get ready for Christmas. All right, it's Open Line Friday. I see your calls, uh, Sean and Stan and uh, Tamisha. We'll get to your calls and others as the Pastor Scott Show continues. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. 
You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show Open Line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557. And uh, this will be the last segment for today on Open Line Friday. So I'll get to your calls here in just a second. Next hour, uh, we have a couple of guests on, and uh, one of them is Greg Smalley from Focus on the Family. And uh, he's going to talk to us about the Resist the Drift Marriage Conference. It's coming up on uh, November 3rd and 4th. I highly recommend uh, you go to that wherever you're at in your marriage, whether you're struggling or everything's great. Uh, you want to resist the drift. You want to move things in the right direction or keep them going in the right direction. And Greg and Aaron Smalley will be teaching there. And uh, it's a great time. It's going to be actually very fun. I encourage you to go. You can go to kkla.com, click on the link right on the front page, kkla.com to go. It's uh, going to be in Anaheim Calvary Chapel, uh, East Anaheim Church is where it is. So uh, pretty much anywhere in Southern California, you're not too far from it. Just go to kkla.com and you can get uh, your tickets there. All right, let me go to the phone. Uh, Sean in Van Nuys, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you for having me. I just want to add my two little bit to the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Yeah. And I know most of the time we mentioned just what happened over the last few days from last week, Saturday. That's right. But I think we have to also remember that we have to look at this conflict within, us, within the history and the context. So this war has been going on for a while, the back and forth between the two nations. And we know that Palestine, the Palestinians have not have their own country, the sovereignty of their own country. But they have been oppressed by somewhat by the Israeli government, which we have seen from the UN. And we have seen by the new prime minister, that the prime minister and his new policies that he's creating. So I think we have to keep the argument balanced as to what's going on, because for the last few days I've been listening to different episodes from those who oppose, those who agree from the different sides. I've been listening to the two sides, and I think we have to keep the conversation balanced and look at the history and what has been going on. Yeah, well, that's what's something that we do as we do that on this show. Have you ever actually looked at the uh, the Hamas point of view, what they say? Have you read the Hamas charter? Yes, I, I've not looked at it, but I've heard comments from them as to what they say. They want Israel, being the Jew being killed and all of that. So as Christians, we don't agree with those kind of rhetoric. Yeah. But we have to also, to some extent, separate Hamas from the Palestinians, because not all the Palestinians are Hamas. Yes. So I think we have to make that separation between the innocent lives who are being bombed, who are being killed from both sides, from Israeli side and from the Palestinian side, and I think what we need to focus more, as far as I'm concerned, is the consequences based on innocent lives that will be lost and innocent people will be suffering. Yeah, And what? I think that's what we need to pay more attention to from both sides of the conversation. You're correct that there's going to be, there's going to be terrible loss of life in the next uh, week, I think. I think it's going to be uh, really bad. What would you say in that conversation, how should Israel or any country that goes through what happened there, how should they respond? Like, really, practically Israel, speaking, how do you respond against a group of people who um, their entire purpose is to kill you? Okay, so one, each country has a right to defend themselves against everyone. But you know that, that the Palestinians there are not a country. 
they're a territory. Right. They're, they're not a country. Right. They, they were given, though, however, they were given the right to rule themselves in 2005, and they voted for Hamas in seven and eight, the last time they had elections. So there's they, you know, the leadership of Hamas bear some responsibility for not investing in infrastructure and instead in, in investing in missiles. So what what can be done? What should Israel, because I think that what's coming is terrible no matter how you look at it. As Christians, we should be aware that the, the there's life and death. There's spiritual issues. There's a place where everybody goes after death. People need Christ. That's our uh, primary function, and we're going to see something terrible, I think. What should Israel do differently than invade? Israel should look for Hamas members as best as they possibly can, but to have random bombings, most of those people will be killed, will be innocent people. Because Hamas not going to know that Israel is coming to bomb this city and then stay there. Well, right now, Israel, they, everybody in Gaza knows that the bombs are coming. And right, so more than likely, a lot of these Hamas fighters, yeah. more than likely, my estimation, are not even in that location. So who's going to be bombed? Innocent people. So yes, go look for Hamas, but we cannot go on a random case just like bomb. It's kind of like the FBI is looking for an individual, and they know the individual is in the building with so many innocent people. And say, okay, we want that guy, we're going to bomb the building. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think it's going to be really, really tough. But uh, and I appreciate you calling with that. You know, in the, in the coming days, we're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of things that we're going to see that are going to be terrible, I think. Um, but it's, you know, I think that's a question I'm asking myself. If you're a nation, you know, if if the cartels in Mexico were firing rockets at us all the time, and if they came in and they murdered and raped 30,000 Americans, uh, what would we do? If they're, If the entire charter of the Constitution of... I don't even want to pick on Mexico. It's not them at all, right? But uh, of a neighboring country is to dis- to destroy you and kill all of your people wherever they are. How do you respond to that in a Christian way? I think that's a really tough question. Um, you know, in a way that is uh, not violent. How do you? How would you do that? Is that even possible? Is it necessary? Yeah, we'll probably get into some of that next week uh, as we see what's happening here. Stan in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. I just wanted to. Remind you about the, the biblical uh, people, the Amalekites, who at the beginning of the, uh, is, uh, the Israelites of Egypt were attacked by the Amalekites everywhere. Uh, they attacked the sick, the women, and the children of the stragglers. And they've been uh, in the Bible uh, identified as always being generation to generation. There will be a group of people attacking the Israelites usually from behind, and yeah. usually at the weak people. And uh, what's interesting, Saul had a chance, according to the Book of Kings, to wipe them out after a big battle. He decided to let the stragglers go. And, right. they, uh, and they came back. I think that was maybe his mistake back then. Uh, that's a few thousand years ago. But uh, I agree. What do, you, what do you do with a, a group of people who their sole purpose is to wipe you out? Uh, let them do it. I don't think you should do that. I think you need to defend yourself, and you have to get. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, the Amalekites are are necessarily the Hamas, but they're from the same. They're identified in the, in the Bible as Canaanites and the uh, grandson of Esau. So, but uh, they're 
definitely of at least the Arabic extraction. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same evil that uh, we always see. It's one of the things I think people should pay attention to in their scripture reading. The parts of the Bible people don't like are the wars, right? But it looks just mm-hmm. like today. Uh, it's uh, incredible when you when you realize that. Stan, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott show. You know that's the hard part. Is Israel's going to set out what they have stated? What Israel has stated is that they're going to destroy Hamas. That means kill everybody who's Hamas. The way Hamas operates is they put their headquarters in the bottom of a hospital, so you got to take out the hospital, or they they put their uh, gun batteries on top of a school and take out the school. It's reported. I don't know if it's true that Hamas is refusing to let a lot of people leave. That maybe 400,000 Palestinians have left, Um, but it's a tough place because, uh, you know, Egypt is the other border, and Egypt refuses to open up its border uh, because they don't want the mess. Uh, It is a super difficult thing, and there are innocent people there, Palestinians who do not support Hamas. What, What ought to happen is the 2 million Palestinians, however many of them are not actually Hamas, I don't know how many that is. And half of them are kids, right? But uh, kids, I don't know how many of them are like under 14 or something. But um, the the terrible thing is, the right thing to happen is that those people rise up and uh, get rid of Hamas themselves. That would be the best way to save your life, I think, probably. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's just going to be an awful thing. But that's what happens with terrorism. I got let me, time for one more call here. Tamisha, just a few seconds. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, as a believer and as a Christian, you know, Christ tells us to love, even love our enemies. Yeah. And so it really conflicted with, you know, Israel and Palestine. And I feel for Palestine as well. Yeah, there, um, there's going to be massive death and carnage. It's going to be terrible in the next few days. And, and it just breaks my heart when I see all these videos on YouTube, you know, on both sides. But as a believer, and as Christ being a Jew himself, I, I'm just conflicted with both. We're not really understanding Palestine and Israel, and all I can do is pray for both of them and hope that something can come out of this, something better than this. You know, I think that's the best thing for us to do where we are is to pray for the whole situation. God is not out of control in this. And all of this, either, you know, one way or the other, this brings us to a point, and I'm out of time. Tamisha, I thank you for your call. It brings us to a point where eventually Christ does fix all of this when he comes back. And he, it's right there in Zechariah 14, like we read at the beginning of the show. And Jesus is the solution. We need to pray for that. A lot more we can talk about. We'll get to more of that next week. When we come back, Greg Smalley from Focus on the Family will be with us on the Pastor Scott Show. This is the Friday edition. You can follow me right now on social media. Look for at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back.